Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Glad to have you today. It's Pentecost Sunday at Impact Church this past Sunday, and we were talking about how Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. That's our new series. It's called Not, and this is our first Not, and you do not want to let the fire of the Spirit go out. Come on, let's get right into this word. We're starting a new sermon series, and it's called Not. It was hard to find graphics for not, but I think George did a good job. This is the not sermon series. What do you mean not, pastor? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. It's not by works. It's by grace that you've been saved. Nobody can boast. It's the grace of God. We live by faith, not by sight, not by our senses. I mean, there's so many fantastic knots that we want to bring to your attention. Because you know what? If you're doing this, it's not that. It's this. We want to draw a clear line of what it's not. And there's all kinds of knots in Scripture. We are not under the law. We are under grace. Hey, there's so many fantastic knots, but I got some knots to deal with today. I want to talk about the fire. It must not go out. The fire must not go out. Now, right here, this is a picture from Yosemite. Yosemite uh, Natural Park or a, a, a National Park. I don't even know what state that's in. Help me. Is it Montana, Wyoming? I'm not. I think it might be. Sorry. California. Well, thank you. Thank you for the media team still being present. It's in California. But you know, it was back in like, I think it was like 1987. It was a, it was a guy, uh, oh, I think his name, it was, it was, it was 1872, James McCauley. 1872, James McCauley, up here, he had a little, a little hotel up there. And in his hotel, he used to have these fires right by the edge of this cliff. 3,400 foot drop, 3,400 feet. He would have these bonfires at the end of the night for his guests. And then when the fire was done and everybody was packing it in, he would just bring big shovels and they would just push the coals off the edge of the cliff. And the coals, and that is an actual picture of the bonfire when they shoved it over the cliff and this rainfall this this firefall would happen and people saw it and then people wonder where did that come from what's that all about so they found out where it was from they found out who was doing it and then they told him would you do that regularly and people would come and people would gather just to see the firefall and you know, it would happen there, and then they got in a fight. They turned into a natural, national forest, and, you know, uh, they exited his lease, booted him out. But, you know, people still wanted the firefall. So they continued as a national park, this firefall. And they would fall, and they turned it into a big kind of ceremony. And here's what they would do. They would cry out from the top. They would, so, they would say, hello, Glacier Point. And they would cry out from above, hello, Camp Curry. And they'd say, is the fire ready? And they'd say, the fire is ready. And then they'd turn to the whole crowd that would gather, and they would all cry out, let the fire fall. Then they went through this, and people gathered. You know, every, every night, people who visited the camp or were there in the, in the national park, they would come, and they would gather, and they'd gather that night at 9 o'clock, and they would have this fire, and it would get pushed over the edge, and everybody loved to see the fire fall. Are you ready? We just said a whole series on I'm ready. What are you ready for? Let the fire fall. I'll tell you, when everything's ready, the fire falls. A guy, as a kid, went there and he saw the fire fall and he visited the, the, the national uh, forest there, the, the whole 
Yosemite scene. He visited again later on in life, brought his kids, and he said, hey, when does the fire fall? When does the fire fall? And the ranger turned to him and he said, this was his exact words, you ready? The fire doesn't fall here anymore. The fire doesn't fall here anymore. Man, imagine how disappointed that guy was. I brought my kids. We're here to camp at the national park here, and I want to see the fire fall. And the ranger turned. He said, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. In fact, it was the last time was January 28th, 1968, was the last time that the fire fell. And, and the people who ran the camp, they decided that that's a, that's a natural phenomenon, and we, or it's a man-made phenomenon, and we don't want man-made stuff. We just want the natural stuff, so we're not going to let the fire fall anymore. In one sense, I don't want man-made stuff either. But in one sense, I'm very sad to hear the fire doesn't fall here anymore. I mean, you know, the one thing that defines us as the church of God, the one thing that defines us as the community of believers, the one thing that defines us as the body of Christ, clearly connected to his headship, the one thing that defines us is the fire falls. The fire's here. The fire of God is burning bright. There's the Holy Ghost is operational. He is here. And you can see, when do you do the stuff? We do the stuff every time we gather. We want the stuff right now. We want you to experience the glory of God, the fire of heaven. We want that to minister to you right now. You can be healed right now, delivered right now, set free right now, encouraged right now, blessed right now, because the fire fell and the fire is still here. And the fire is not a, not some ooey-gooey stuff substance, the fire is the person, the power, the presence, and the purpose of the Holy Ghost. And that person, that fiery being, Holy Spirit, he is here and he is permanently taking up a dress in you. The fire has fallen. And when people come to the body of Christ, they should say, just like they said at the first Pentecost, what is it? What's going on? What's happening? If you have to explain what's going on in your church services, you really got the fire. I mean, if your services are constantly explainable and there's nothing odd or, or, or substantial or supernatural in your gathering, wow, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. That's a sad thing. Come on, folks, we need the fire. We need the fire. I want to talk to you about the fire today because you don't want the fire to go out. Dale Moody said you might as well try to hear without ears or breathe without lungs as try to live the Christian life without the Spirit of God in your heart. Charles Spurgeon, I love this, he said, put fire in the sermon or put the sermon in the fire. I mean, put fire in the sermon or put the sermon in the fire. I mean, let the fire of God, the most important part of the sermon should be the fire of heaven, the fire of glory, the spirit of God. Acts chapter one, being assembled together, all with them, he commanded them, now do not. He said, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He commanded them. What did he command? He commanded them not. Say not with me. Come on, say not. Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. What was the promise of the Father? The promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. In a lot of your Bibles, the P on promise will be capitalized because it's talking about the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus taught them. He opened their minds to understand the Scripture. He mentored them and showed them how to live, and he taught them for 40 days about the kingdom. But he said, listen, all of that means nothing if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. All, Jesus, the greatest teacher ever, the greatest greatest revelator, the word was breaking the word. The living word was sharing the word. The living word was sharing the revelation of the kingdom of God. And after all of that, Jesus said, don't 
take any meetings. Don't go talk to anybody. Don't do a thing with all I have imparted to you until you have the promise of the Holy Ghost. Don't do anything until you're saturated with fire. Do not do anything in your life. Not a single thing. Don't get out of bed without a fresh impartation, a stirring of the fire of God in your life. Don't do anything. We walk by the Spirit, not by flesh. Not, not. It is the Spirit of God that animates my life, not flesh. So wake up every morning and say, whoa, fresh fire on my life today. I want to manifest the glory in everything I do. If you're cutting the lawn, do it in the glory. If you're walking the dog, do it in the glory. If you're doing the garden, do it in the glory. If you're washing the shed off with a power washer, do it in the glory. Let everything you do manifest his presence in his life. Can I get an amen? Thank you. I got one right there. All right. First Thessalonians 5.19. Do not. Not. What's this sermon series called? Not. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. This sermon series is brought to you by Montillier. Hopefully, hopefully they'll see this and send us a case or two. Do not, do not put out the Spirit's fire. King James Version says, do not quench the Spirit. The word quench is the word spenemi, and it means to extinguish as of a fire or things that are on fire, to stifle divine influence. Metaphorically, the, the dictionary says it is to stifle divine influence. Now, what's shocking to me is that in Scripture, the Apostle Paul wrote this, and he said, do not quench the Spirit's fire, which is such a sad statement. Isn't it sad that little old you, great, big, powerful, mighty God, fire the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God who, who went over the chaos of creation, went, and I mean, brought life out of everything, that one who is so powerful and so active, little old you can say, stop. Little old you can actually quench the fire of God. That boggles my mind that the Holy Spirit would be somehow hindered by my lack of participation with his power. But you see, the, the word would not say, I mean, inspired by the Holy Ghost, it would not say, do not put out the Spirit's fire if it wasn't possible. It wouldn't tell you, do not walk by the flesh, but walk by the Spirit if it wasn't possible. It's possible for people who possess the greatest influence ever to bring transformation to the world could walk as if they didn't have it. To live as if I'm not packing, I'm not carrying. You are carrying every day. Everything necessary for you to carry the anointing is done and you are smeared with the power of God. But what's amazing is, I don't know if it's lack of revelation or just lack of faith or understanding, but people walk around like they're not massively anointed and smeared with the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't ever live a moment without the power of God in your life. 2 Timothy 1.6, he said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flames. Fan into flames, stir up the gift, the spiritual gift, the spiritual deposit of God that is in you. Timothy, for effective ministry, you don't need a bigger education. You don't need, you know, more of this or more of that. Timothy, for you to be successful, everything necessary has been deposited in you. Stir up and fan into flame. Let the gift of God, the Spirit of God, let all that is in you, the gift of the Father, the promise of the Father, all the gifts of the Spirit, let them be fanned into flame. He says that is what is going 
going to make your ministry vital. I shared it earlier, Zechariah 4, 6, he answered and he said to him, he said, this is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And then you know what he said? All these mountains, all these obstacles before you, here's what you say, inspired by the spirit, grace to it, grace to it, grace, grace, the the kairos, the, the Cairo, the, the grace of God, the unmerited favor, the outpouring of God in your life. See, that's what charismata, the gifts of the Spirit, it's all in charis. It all starts and finds itself rooted in grace. It's the grace deposits of God. It says it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Now Leviticus, you go back to Leviticus. I want, I want to show you the fire that they used in the Old Covenant. I want to show you the type of the Holy Spirit that was used in ministry in the Old Covenant. In Leviticus 13, it says the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. The fire that is burning on the altar, it must burn continuously. It should never go out. So there was fire. You see, they built everything as they were commanded. Every single aspect to the finest detail, they did it exactly as God commanded them. Moses gave the blueprints. He, he brought spirit-filled builders who were anointed to build, and they did it exactly as was revealed to them. And when they set it up, continuously said, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded Moses, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded Moses. You'll see every detail. Then they set up the altars. Then they put the sacrifice on the altars. They did it all exactly as the Lord commanded. And when they blessed it all and set it all up, set apart the priesthood, had it all ready to go, exactly as the Lord commanded, there was no fire. There was no fire. Everything that was there, the sacrifice, the wood, everything, every detail of the tabernacle was exactly done right. There was no fire. But it says, then the fire fell. See, in the fire that consumed the sacrifice, it didn't consume the altar, it consumed the sacrifice. The fire that consumed the sacrifice was fire from above. And that same fire that fell that day, God said, my fire, not a fire that you made, not a fire that you create, but my fire, fire from God is going to consume that sacrifice. And coals from that fire, keep that fire burning perpetually in every single generation. When they would travel and they had to move from place to place, the priest would go in and they would take coals from the altar and they would wrap the coals so they'd carry the coals. And then when they got to the new place, they started the fire again. But they started the fire with the fire of God. The fire was not a new fire. All they added to it was wood, which is a representation of humanity. Our humanity participates with. And what does wood do? It just says, burn me! And when the wood is put on, the fire of God consumes it in every single thing they did on God's behalf. Every act of worship and service, everything was done by the fire of God. Do not, do not let the fire of God go out. Leviticus 9, 10 and 21. Then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do. He commanded them all of those things. And he said, if all of those things are done right, it says, the glory of the Lord will appear. If all of those things are done right, the glory. Who wants the glory? Last week we talked about the glory. But you see, when you do it all right, when you do it all as the Lord commanded, it says, then the glory will fall. Now some of you people who just love those big obedience words and as the Lord commanded words, you're getting excited right now and you should but I'm telling you it's not about you not about you one single bit 
The only thing you do is put another log on the fire, which is you. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Because you don't start the fire. You don't do anything to the fire except create substance that can burn for the glory of God. And like the, the, the bush that Moses saw burning in the wilderness, the amazing thing was the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. And you see, you are on fire with the glory of God, and yet you are partnering, participating, and you are manifesting the very person, the power, and the presence of the Almighty, bringing the glory of God into manifestation wherever you are. Can I get an amen from the bleachers? I'm telling you this. The glory of God will appear to you. Aaron waved the wave offering before the Lord as Moses commanded. You look at that all through Exodus and Leviticus, Deuteronomy. You'll see as the Lord commanded. And when they did it, even when they did the temple, as the Lord commanded, the fire fell. And then when they, in the book of Acts, when they did exactly what Jesus said, wait in the upper room. Don't do a single thing. Wait there until it comes. What did Jesus come? What was his whole ministry? His ministry was, Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And those people who waited in the upper room, the fire fell. The fire fell. The fire fell. The fire falling designates and clearly says, this is my dwelling place on earth. And that's you and that's me. But it's only us as we're corporately united. It's not you sitting there as your little individual self. If you're doing that, you're actually not doing things as the Lord commanded. Because he commands us to gather. And I tell you, when you put another log on the fire, ooh, it burns a little brighter. But you know, you pull yourself away from the fire, it'll get cold pretty quickly. But keep yourself in the fire. Leviticus 9.23, then what happened? What happened when they did everything exactly as the Lord commanded? Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all. Can you say all the people? Isn't that what we want? Don't we want everybody, all people everywhere? All the patterns, all, all the, the, the strategy of God to bring his glory into bear and fullness in the earth. It's not a mystery. It's very simple. Christ in you is the hope of glory, the anointed one, the fire of God, Pentecost, the burning ones going out and filling the earth with glory. And the fire came out from before the Lord. It consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When they all saw it, say all the people. See, I love that because all the people saw it in the book of Acts when they went out and started to minister and started to manifest the stuff and they started is the fire still falling yes it is when they started to manifest the fire all the crowds came and they were all healed and I tell you we're living in this latter rain this this where we get the latter rain and the former rains together there is a greater demonstration of God in the earth today than was even seen at the beginning the apostle Paul wishes he was you Jesus is saying I esteem you better than myself because what's going to pour out upon the church in these last days. The world has never seen such a fantastic manifestation of the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I'm setting myself on fire right here, preaching to a camera. If I can do that, you can get a little excited behind the lens. Yeah, you and you and you. Come on. This is good. The glory of the Lord appeared in all the people. The fire came out before the altar, consumed the burnt offering. All the people saw it. They shouted and they fell on their faces. All people, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Everybody is going to experience the goodness of God. Now, here's a very sad turn. Are you ready? A very sad twist. 
Then, some translations say, on that same day. I mean, the same day when you had that glorious expression of God, on that same day, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer. See, they were given censers. Censers were made for them to operate in their gifting and calling. But they decided, wow, this is so much fun. And they decided to take their censer. And it doesn't say they put fire from the altar on it. It says they put fire on it. In fact, uh, some translation, my translation says it was a profane fire. Other translations say it was a strange fire. Any which way, it was a fire that God never authorized. It was something that he didn't say, you know, bring some different fire into this. You see, when you do something from a strange place, when you create and bring another fire into the purposes of God, it's strange fire. The only good thing about strange fire is it always gets consumed by holy fire. So even if there's some strange fire going out there, a manifestation, a true, authentic, holy fire will always expose it as nonsense and it'll demonstrate the holy fire of God. Very sad story, though. They did that. They went out before the people and started playing games with their anointing. And it says, this profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You might say, wow, that was crazy back then, eh? Well, in the book of Acts, you had Ananias and Sapphira. They came and brought an offering, a strange offering, because they said they gave everything and they hadn't, they'd withheld something. They came and thought they would do something to kind of prop themselves up in this new, new covenant economy to demonstrate that they're pretty cool. Watch us bring a big offering. And they lied to the Holy Spirit and they were consumed. That was in the new covenant. Ugh. Pause and think of that for a second, not too long. Schofield said, using carnal means to kindle devotion and praise. That's strange fire. You know, I, I want to worship. We want to use all the instruments. The Bible says, play skillfully on your instruments. Worship with your whole heart. I want to do all of that. I want lights and things. I want to do everything we can. It says, with everything in you, with all that you have, with all you possess, give glory to God. But you know, if we're doing that out of our own strength and we haven't said, Holy Spirit, animate me, turn me on fire. If we're doing things and we're trying to use carnal means to get people to be lit up by the glory of God, it won't work. And it's when you, you do carnal, and it's a carnal act, when it's just all your flesh, when you're using your gift, but you're not submitting it to the Spirit of God, that's strange fire. Any carnal attempt to get devotion that is not initiated by the Spirit of God. Uh, Arno Gabalian, he was a, a theologian in just the last century. He said, uh, century, yeah, last hundred years. He said, all not, say not, all not done in worship and service in dependence on the Holy Spirit of God and not under his guidance or not in obedience to his word. If you're not aligning your actions with his word and you're not aligning your actions to his voice and you're not moving and directed completely by the Spirit of God, if you're doing stuff that's not been authorized by God, it's just strange. It's strange fire. There's a lot of people who are working for God and, and like Martha, she was baking a cake for Jesus that he didn't order. He, she was doing something. She was using her gift and her talent. And yet she said, Martha, what are you complaining about? Mary has chosen the better thing. And you see, sometimes we can be using what we have, but we're not doing it under the anointing, under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And, and we're working, 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 trying to be pleasing to God. Here's good news. You're, ready? You're already pleasing to God. And whatever you do, just do it out of freedom. Do it out of a free flow of his spirit in your life. You don't have to work things up for him. And you know what? When you enter into the ease of the glory of God, the unforced rhythms of grace, you won't get burned out or stressed out on religion. And religion makes you work, 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 work. But religion, I mean, the spirit of God just makes you wait on him. 
And you see, waiting on him is, is like a waiter. You've been to a restaurant, you had a waiter come. That waiter's not inactive. They're just waiting on you. And we're waiting on God. We're serving his purpose. We're serving his voice. We're serving his, his, his eternal purpose every moment of our lives. Galatians 3.3 3 says, are you so foolish that having begun in the spirit, you're now trying to be made perfect in the flesh? I mean, are you so foolish? I mean, the fire fell. I mean, were you born again by an act of yourself? Like, did you do that? It says you were born from above. It wasn't your activity. The saving faith that you manifest, it wasn't you. That was a gift of God. I mean, but when you think that it all began with me and it's going to continue with me, you know what the, the scripture says, the Holy Spirit says, inspired by the Apostle Paul, says, are you so foolish? Another translation says, who bewitched you? You're operating in witchcraft. Because the minute you are trying to perfect in the flesh what was begun in the spirit, you're not in the spirit of God. You're bewitched. You're, you're of another spirit altogether, and you're operating under a different gospel. It's in another translation, the New Living Translation says, are, are you f- how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? I can't tell you how many people, well, God saved me, and now I'm going to prove it was a good idea by being the very best person I can be for him. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to find all kinds of stuff to obey, all kinds of stuff to do. I'm going to do, 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 do. I'm going to do, 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 do. And I keep on doing. And when you hang around those people, it smells like doo-doo. Because there's a lot of doo-doo going on. But you see, people that actually are efficient and get stuff done, they manifest kingdom realities. They're actually happy. They actually love people. They actually manifest the gifts. There's people actually healed. They actually have good homes. They love their wives and good things are going on in their lives. You know who those people are? They're not the doo-doo people. They're the people who understand that it's done-done. It's done, done. You see, strange fire is when you, with your own fire, try to kindle and bring into manifestation what only God can do. That is profane and strange fire. Can I get an amen from the back row? Amen. I'm telling you, don't do that. Human effort is weird. Strange fire. It's the fire that you use to try to produce rather than taking the fire from the altar. So 2 Timothy 3, 5, it says, they will act religious. They will, long list of creepy stuff right above this, but then he, he summarizes it like this. Those people who behave like that, and they all look good. You know the people I'm talking about. They try to look all good from the outside, but then you find out their world's a mess. They don't live openly and authentically. They're performers and pretenders. They dress it all up, but it's not really there. And what he's saying is these people, they act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. You see, what can make you godly? Well, more effort on your part, brother. No, the only thing that makes you godly is the Spirit of God. And you know, you've been given the Spirit of God to drink. You've been given the Spirit of God to walk in. You've been given the Spirit of God to yield to. And you know what? If you say, Holy Spirit, take over my day, he will. When you welcome him, he will. And what's amazing is I wake up every day, and because I welcome him, all day long I'm a slave to righteousness. All day long I want to do good. All day long I slow down and I let people in while I'm driving. All day long I, I, I go go to the coffee shop and I go, you know, I'm going to get this person's coffee. You smile at people. You like people. You care about people. Those religious people who are doing, 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 I don't know why they're just not happy. 
you know? But, but you know, it, the Spirit of God is the power of God. Pentecost, don't do anything. Do not leave Jerusalem with a head full of the knowledge of the Word of God, with a head full of performance religion. Do not leave Jerusalem after a 40-day conference where Jesus taught you about the kingdom. The living Word taught you the Word about the kingdom. You would think, I am ready to preach. He said, don't move. Don't do a thing. Because even all of that, I don't want it to be your humanity. I want it to be the Spirit of God burning on the wood of your humanity, manifesting what only God can do. Are you hearing me? I hope you're hearing me. Because I'm, I'm desperately serious about the fire. I'm desperately serious about walking in holiness. I'm desperately serious about the purity of God burning in your life. It's not going to happen as a result of you disciplining your humanity. It's going to come as a result of you yielding to the fire of the presence of God. Now, I got a fire in my house. This is my new office. My wife and I built this office. Cheryl did a good job. But uh, I wanted to put in a heated floor. But my wife said, let's just put in a fire. So we put in this fire, and look at it. Isn't it pretty? See those flames there and those glass beads there? I can change the colors on it. I can make it go green and purple. I can change the flames to green and blue, and I can do all kinds of things. And then I can even, it's even got a little heater in there, and I can turn a fan on it, and it'll blow heat out of there. But you know what? I can touch it. I can mess with it. I can go on, off. I can click it. I can manipulate it. I can do all kinds of stuff with it. But you know what? It doesn't do a thing. It's not wild. It's not incredibly, it's not untamed. It's tamed. It's in that little box. Won't hurt my grandkids. Won't do nothing. But let me, let me show you something else. Ready? Uh, we got two of these fireplaces in the house, and that's our fire. There's Cheryl. You know what Cheryl's doing? She's tending the fire. You know why you tend the fire? Because it's wild. It's wild, and there we are right in our home. We got books and shelves and things around and furniture and a wood floor, and we, we just want the wood and the fire to burn, but we got to tend that fire, you know, because it's wild. You know, that fire is awesome, and that fire, it's so attractive. It's so beautiful. We could sit there on the couch and gaze at that all day. That, that little artificial fire, I don't really care. I just needed some heat in the room, so we threw that in. But this, this is fun. And you know what? When you put a log in, the log doesn't go, watch me burn. The log doesn't do anything. The log just yields to the fire. The log doesn't make a single thing happen. All the log does is burn me. And you know what? You put your hand in that fire. Ah! That fire will burn you. And I'm telling you, you get in a relationship with the Holy Ghost, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and something happens to your humanity. You'll never be the same. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Something's totally transformed. And you become a new person when you're born again. And you become a new person when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. It says, it says when the Holy Ghost came upon Saul, it turned him into another man. And I tell you, if you stood in that fire, you'd be turned into another man. But you know what? That fire ain't going to change you one bit. And sadly, I think a lot of churches are more like that. We need churches to be like that. We need you to be like that. We need you to be blowing up, blowing fire like crazy. How am I doing? Man, I got to finish up. Let me take you into the new covenant now. Let me talk about the fire. That was the old covenant fire. It was God's fire. They never started a fire themselves. That fire from heaven was the only fire that they used for service to God, that fire. Well, let's talk about the new covenant. Jesus, look what he said. Jesus, he's finished his work. He's telling the Father, Father, I'm done. I did it all. I completed it all. And here's what he said. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work. Say, finished the work. 
Jesus finished the work. That's the same thing as everything as the Lord commanded. As the Lord commanded. What did Jesus do, our great high priest? He did everything as the Lord commanded. He established everything as the Lord commanded. He prepared the way so that a people could be prepared. He says, a body I have prepared for myself. And he has a body prepared and it's you. It's living stones. We've been built together as a living tabernacle. And Jesus is laid and established and he's made the way and he's done everything necessary for the living temple to be put together and flooded and saturated with fire. So you see, why do you burn with fire today? Why? Because you say, welcome here, Holy Spirit, because of the finished work of the cross, because Jesus has fulfilled all obedience, not because you were obedient, but we're called to come into the obedience of faith, the obedience of faith, subject everything to the obedience of Christ. Too many people out there saying, you got to be obedient, brother. I have to lean into the obedience of Christ. Fire falls on those who submit to not my obedience, but my obedience comes from and faith in the obedience of Christ because he finished the work for me. He did it all right. He fulfilled all righteousness so that I can receive. And the only way you receive the spirit and walk in the spirit is by faith. It's not by works. So nobody can boast. But you know what? People like to boast. Look at me. I'm doing good as a Christian, aren't I? Who cares? We want to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus. And you see, what's really authentic in your life is when you, by faith, lean into the finished work of Jesus in your life. All other fire is strange fire. And I would venture to say the world is still looking for fire from above. The world is still like the people at Yosemite. When does the fire fall? And sadly, the pastors are saying the fire doesn't fall anymore. The fire does fall, and the fire fell on you. And Pentecost 2,000 years ago, the Holy Ghost came, and he's not going back. And he's here until he finishes the job, until he presents and creates and floods by the Spirit of Christ. One holy temple, one holy dwelling place, manifesting the full measure and the full stature of Christ. Ha! Man, I'm telling you. So he finished the work. And it says, and the glory. Now he says, I finished the work. So what now? Now the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one. That they may be brought uniquely, wonderfully under the headship of Christ. That they might be united and in union with the Godhead. So that I am in them and they are in you and we are in them and we are together. And one body, one group moving in the fire of the person of the Holy Spirit demonstrating the will of God. Hey, I got to stop. I got to shout. I got to dance I gotta kick up my feet because it is true and it's wonderful what God has done on our behalf the fire is a symbol of the acceptance and the approval of God the fire fell on the tabernacle the fire fell on the temple the fire fell on the church and the fire prepares and identifies God's dwelling place on earth and the body of Christ the church is his dwelling place on earth Jesus John said he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire so the mission of Jesus was to get you filled with the Holy Spirit so that you could realize the eternal purpose of the Father earth filled with the glory. Second Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. From the beginning, God chose you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel. I mean, how bold Paul was, right? It's not some other gospel. It's our gospel. Other places said my gospel. What did Paul call his gospel? The gospel of the grace of God. Grace. It's the gospel of grace. There's all kinds of people with a works gospel, all kinds of people with a self-righteousness gospel, but that's not it. And it says for that gospel from before eternity, what was it? For the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Wow. From the beginning of time, from before the earth began, the whole thing was for you to be flooded and saturated with the glory of God. So you get baptized and smeared with the divine person of the Holy Ghost. I love Kenneth Hagin. He said, they thought they got an experience. They kept trying to get it again. They kept pursuing that experience. It was not an experience. It's someone. It's a divine personality who came to live in them. He is the heavenly being. He is the Holy Spirit. I love that. Love Kenneth Hagin. He said, you can't be more or less anointed. You can be, you can be or have more revelation and, and on the benefits and the blessings of God, but you can't be more anointed than you are right now. You can't be more baptized in the Holy Spirit than you are right now. You got the whole thing. You were smeared with the Holy Ghost and it's not more or less, but you know what? You can have greater understanding, greater revelation. You can yield and you can give yourself more to the understanding of what it is. You can let the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and the things that God has imparted to you come forth. You can be, you can position yourself to be more effective in the flow and the operation of the anointing. You can be more intentional. Can I say that again? People ask me, what are you doing in London, pastor? What's happening with your church? How are you guys, you know, being successful? I said, I'll give you one word. And I've said this for years and years. I said, we don't do church by accident. We don't hope so. We're very intentional about the call of God, the purpose of God, the anointing of God, all that God has given us and blessed us with. We are very intentional to do it from the parking lot all the way to the finished work of a manifestation of a mature child of God. We are intentional in the whole process. We want to present everyone fully matured, fully functional, fully realizing all the wonderful things that Christ has already done for them. Say intentional. It's intentional. I want you to be intentional. Let me just give you a quick, quick. You ready? Now, these are not things that make you more spirit-filled. These aren't things you got to do to get more of it. But these are things that will cause you to be intentional in the function of what you already have. Here's number one. Be rich in the word. Be rich in the word. And not just the word written in the Bible on the pages, but be rich in the word. Because the pages, what were they there for? The pages were written to reveal Jesus. The pages were written to be spoken. The pages were written for you to declare over yourself the wonderful things of God. The pages were written so that you could live, so you could hear the voice of God, so you could live. They're, they are the, like, like you wouldn't, I wouldn't put that little fire up on my wall and then, you know, walk around with the manual and go, oh, I love this manual. I love this manual. I don't even know where the manual is anymore. I'm actually enjoying the substance. The manual pointed to a, a fire on my wall. Now I enjoy the fire. The manual points to Jesus and a living relationship with him. And Jesus said, there's some of you people out there, you got an amazing relationship with a book, but it points to me and you don't even know me. And you got to be sure, you know, be rich in the word, be rich in the revelation that the word, the word should be revealing Jesus to you. The word is not there to find more little things. You know, should I obey this? Should I obey that? Oh, well, the old covenant said, don't eat pork. Should I eat pork? Well, read the rest of it. It says it's all sanctified. Go ahead and eat some pork. I mean, man, we're getting so tied up in the nonsense and we miss the whole point of the thing, which is to reveal Jesus, to reveal the word, be rich in the word. Can I get an amen on point one? Didn't even get an amen. I think they've all gone to get ready for the, the revival show after. <laughs> Number two, commit to learning. Commit to learning. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you. I'll pour my spirit out on you. I'll make you wise. Isn't that great? And make you wise. I love that. Don't you? I mean, continue the process of learning and understanding the revelation of all that you have. Manifest the obedience of faith. I talked about that. What is obedience? People get caught up in their obedience, but a lot of it is just their own self-righteousness. Look how good of a Christian I am. You know what? I'm a great Christian. There's not a, there's not a future version of me that's more wonderful than I am today. 
I just got to get a revelation of how wonderful I am in the eyes of God because I am pure, spotless, holy, and blameless in the eyes of God. And if I'm not pure, holy, and spotless in the eyes of you, then, you know, get in the fire. Because Paul said, I disciplined myself to see no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. You got to see the finished work in people's lives. Quit judging them and telling them, you're falling short over there. Look at you. Well, it says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. What are we all falling short of? The glory of God. What did God do for us? But the gift of God, the justification of God, it's a gift by the Holy Spirit. So if you're falling short, it's because you're still trying. You, you got to receive the glory of God. Jesus finished the work, and then he said, now, Father, give them. He said, in fact, he didn't say, give them. He said, I have given them the glory. Jesus, the finished work of the cross, the blood was shed. He did everything. Therefore, we can stand in the glory. We can stand in the fire and we are not hindered by it or burnt by it. But everything that God has called me to comes into expression because I stand in the fire. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who God freely gives to all who believe. If you're a believer, you're walking in the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Manifest that. Practice divine confidence. Pastor, why are you so confident? Because I got the Holy Ghost. I mean, I, got, I mean, my best friend is the one who created all things. My best friend is the one who, boom. I mean, man, the Holy Ghost is the one who animates every part of my life. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they marveled and they realized they'd been with Jesus. See, if you've been with Jesus, if you're packing with Jesus, if the Spirit of Christ, if the Holy Spirit is manifesting Jesus to you, in you, and through you, it says people are going to see your boldness. Well, why were they so bold? They'd been with Jesus. Practice boldness. Do it intentionally. Say intentionally. Intentionally. Acts 4.31, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is people who were already filled. This is people already baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it says there they were praying, worshiping, saying, God, we want to take the world for you. And when they cried out, said, God, use us. Do something big through us. It says then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. Last thing, fix yourself in his joy. I'm telling you, you know what? Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. What is the spirit called? If he is bottled up and he is a substance, he's the oil of joy. He's not a substance. He's a person, but he is the oil of joy. And when you get smeared with the oil of joy and you have the person of God in you, the Holy Ghost in you, there is joy in the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the spirit is love, peace, and Self-righteousness. No, the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy. Man, I'm telling you, that should be just popping out. And you're like, oops, there's, oh, there's some more joy. Look at that. Oop, oh, wow, some more joy. Oh, some more joy over there. You're just naturally manifesting joy. Come on, get some joy. If you're not being accused of being too joyful, you're drinking from the wrong cup. Romans 15, 13, come on, says, I, he will fill you with all joy. He will, the God of peace, he's going to fill you with all joy and peace. He's going to do that. He's the source of all those good things. And he's going to do it how? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. When you got the Holy Ghost on you, man, live intentional. Joy is your way of life. Joy is your attitude. Joy is fixed. It's your fixed point. You know, some people say, well, my, my resting face is sad. That's my resting face. Your resting face should be happy. That should be your resting face. If you've got a sad resting face, you've been drinking, instead of the Holy Ghost, you've been drinking pickle juice. In my heart there grows a lemon tree. There grows a lemon tree. No. In my heart there rings a melody. A melody of love. And because of that, man, I am happy. Fire. You know, First Thessalonians 5. 18, I think it is, 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. Don't, don't do it. 
Don't do it. I want you intentionally. The Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost 2,000 years ago, and he's still here. He's still as active today. He still is jealous to be welcomed today. He still wants to testify of Jesus. He still wants to consume the wood of your humanity and manifest the power of God. But don't stand in the way of that. Do not, do not quench the Spirit. Do not leave your house without just smearing me again, Holy Ghost, with fresh fire. Let fresh oil be poured upon my head today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want says he anoints my head with fresh oil. So let a freshness of the Spirit, let a freshness of Pentecost, let a revisitation of Pentecost today quicken in you that I don't want to be someone who controls the fire with a remote control, but I want to be someone who just allows myself to be fully in, just fully in the center, just fully saturated in the fire of God and manifesting his goodness. It's wild. It's out there. I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know it's going to be good. And I know it's the spirit of God who animates me, guides me, and directs me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Holy Spirit, we do thank you that you're here. And I ask you right now, there may be people watching right now, wandered in, stumbled in, and they're hearing us talk about the Holy Ghost, hearing us talk about that. There may be some who've never yet said, be the Lord of my life. They've never accepted that they're forgiven, healed, and free. That Jesus did the work completely. Jesus said, I finished everything necessary, Father. I finished it all so that now I can give to them the glory of God. He's ready to pour upon you his goodness. He's ready to be welcomed into your life and your heart. He is building his living house today. And that living house is going to fill the earth with the glory of God. And he's inviting you right now to be one of those living stones that are fitted together to become a dwelling place for his power and presence. Would you say yes? Would you say yes to the fitting of God? Would you say yes to the establishing of God? Would you say yes to him placing you in the body as he wills? Would you embrace that and say, be the Lord of my life. Come and direct me and guide me. If that's you, right now just say, yes, pastor. And pray this prayer with me. Ready? Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you. I thank you that you are my Lord and my Savior. I declare I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free. And I want to live intentionally now every day as your child. Now, I want to do this one more thing. Say this with me. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you only have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit once. There's not more and more baptisms, but there can be ongoing infillings. There can be ongoing refreshings of a spirit. There can be ongoing specific anointings for specific times and seasons to do the purpose of God. But just commit your life to intentionally say, I choose every day to be yielded to and to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know what? The fire, it must not go out. Don't want anybody visiting my life and not seeing the fire falls because the fire still falls right here <laughs> hallelujah i'll pray for you now in jesus name i pray for anyone who's you know because when the fire fell it equipped us and it manifests in us the nature of christ and now we are little christ we are running around we are as he is so are we in this world and as jesus healed and set free and delivered we do that too, and so can you now. You are equipped with the power on high to command your life to be healed, to command your world to be healed, to command the kingdom of God to come into expression. Jesus is now the king over my life and all that I influence. And we insist on that being so. For all our impact family, we declare you're healed in Jesus' name. We bless you now in Jesus' name. 
you are well, you are fit, you are healthy, you are protected, surrounded, and loved. Especially loved. Especially loved.